Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. We're continuing on with our season preview series, which brings us to last one, well, one of last year's Big Ten champions, and that's the Wisconsin Badgers. And we have Drew on to help us break them down. Drew, how's it going? Uh-oh. Drew? Can you hear me? I'm well, buddy. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Um, Drew, I, I think we've had you on years yeah, ago. I can. Yeah. Okay. It looks like there's a, a delay here. Um, but, yeah, so if, if you could just introduce yourself again, where you guys were, right, what you have going on. It would be appreciated. Sure. My name is uh, Drew Hom. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin a long time ago, and I am the (laughs) site manager for Bucky's Fifth Quarter, the Wisconsin blog on the uh, SB Nation network of blogs. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Part, Part of the big SB Nation network here. Continuing on. So Wisconsin, uh, last season, one of the more bizarre seasons I think I've seen where the team nosedives <laughs> to start things off. Looks like it's going to be a rough year, maybe an NIT at best. And then suddenly the switch flips in December. They go on a tear. They end up splitting the Big Ten regular season title. They were the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament before things were canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. What do you make of last year, final thoughts, and where do you see things sit as the Badgers prepare to enter this season? So last year was pretty wild. Um, A lot of Badger fans, myself included, were really disheartened after Wisconsin's uh, performance in New York. They lost uh, two games in that one of those preseason, you know, tournaments to uh to Richmond and uh now I can't remember who the other team was a team worse than Richmond and uh we we weren't super excited about where things were going then Kobe King left the team he was one of uh our starters and then all of a sudden they started winning and they couldn't be stopped and it was crazy uh uh an eight game winning streak to end the season they were as hot as any team in the country. Uh, it was exciting basketball to watch, actually, which is not something people have always said about Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> as far as looking into this year, the, the Badgers only lose one player who was in their rotation from last year. Uh, Brevin Pritzel is no longer on the team. But otherwise, they're going to be starting five seniors. They will have uh, a senior backup point guard. And then their sixth or seventh man, Tyler Wall, is a true sophomore who played minutes last year as well. So they should be deep, talented, experienced. Uh, they should be ready to make some noise again this year. Mm-hmm. De- yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, like I said, it was a really bizarre season. And it, it shocked me how rough they looked early on. And I think the team you were thinking of was New Mexico. So they lose to Mexico, Richmond, yes. yeah, Richmond, New Mexico on neutral courts, which 
they had no business losing to. I mean, clearly they were much better than those teams. And then they lose at NC State in pretty convincing fashion. They lose by 15 at NC State, who finished 50th on Ken Palm. Pretty meh uh, Wolfpack team there. And then things took off, as you mentioned. You know, they blow out Tennessee on the road. They beat Ohio State on the road. Um, at the time, the Buckeyes were ranked, I, I want to say, in the top 10. So it was really crazy, but great coaching job by Greg Gard. I, I really think that spoke volumes of, of what they have going on in Madison. And now they come back and, and there's, you know, the old phrase is run it back, but they're almost doing that this year, as you, as you mentioned, only losing one starter. Everybody else is basically back on campus. Um, any, any other, you know, notable departures, notable newcomers that are at least uh, attracting your attention here from as compared to last year's Wisconsin squad? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a, a large incoming freshman class for the Badgers, one of their, if not the best recruiting class, one of the top two or three of the, you know, rec- online recruiting rankings era. Uh, they have a couple of big guys out of the state of Minnesota who are very promising. Ben Carlson is probably the one who who won't get redshirted. And then they have uh, a couple of guards who are also exciting. They have uh, twin brothers from lacrosse, Johnny and Jordan Davis. Uh, Johnny was Mr. Basketball in Wisconsin, and he brings something very similar to what they lost uh, when Kobe King left the team, uh, an athletic wing who can create his own shot. And then the, the last member of the, the class is Lauren Bowman, who is a, a point guard out of Detroit. He uh, recently left the team to go back to Michigan for personal reasons, but there are now uh, reports that he should be back for the start of the season. And uh, he is looking to be one of the leaders of the backcourt in the future, so it would be cool if he could get some minutes this season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting group. Coming in, as you mentioned, I mean, do you think there are any guys that that are like instant impact guys, or is this a lot of wait and see uh, for Wisconsin? I I don't think there will be too many guys who are going to be instant impact. I think one or two of the freshmen will be in the rotation and will play some small amount of minutes unless there are injuries. It's just yeah. it's it's such a, a veteran team that there's, unless there was some sort of, you know, top 10 kid coming into Wisconsin, I just don't, don't see the there being much need for any of the freshmen to play often. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And fair points, fair points. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. As you mentioned, Carlson is, is the top rated guy, top 100 recruit, power forward. He's going to be uh, <laughs> swamped with, with so much depth in front of him. So it, it'll be a challenge. But um, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, what happened last season, who's coming in, who's going out. As far as the overall team itself, what are you the most excited about, the most optimistic about? And conversely, what are you the most worried about when it comes to the Badgers? Uh, I'm excited to get a, a full season's worth of Micah Potter. He mm. uh, transferred from Ohio State and was denied his waiver to play in the first half of last season. And if you go back and look at some of those, you know, embarrassing losses, having a player (laughs) of his uh, talent probably would have helped in a few of them. And uh, 
after he learned to play with Nate Reavers, they're both big dudes who can shoot. So they are kind of redundant, but they learn to work together. Uh, that's kind of when the Badgers went on their big win streak. So I think it'll be exciting to watch them play together for uh, for for an entire season or, you know, a truncated entire season, as it were. And uh, as far as things I'm worried about, the Badgers uh, can fall in love with the three sometimes. And mm. if it's not always falling, then they could be in trouble against some of the better teams in the conference, your Iowa's, your, you know, your Illinois, your Michigan States. And then once it becomes tourney time, you know, one off night shooting threes and uh, you're out. So it would be nice if they could also make sure that they remember to get post touches for, for Reavers and Potter to, you know, try and balance out the offense. Some <laughs> Would be nice. Would be nice. And I, I did want to ask you about Potter specifically. So he comes in last season it, in the middle of the year, a lot of people credit Wisconsin's resurgence to his appearance. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but a lot of people point to it. You know, I, I watched him at Ohio State. He was all right. You know, he was, a, he was a nice role player. He showed some potential, but he never looked like he did at Wisconsin. Um, you know, you as a guy who follows the Big Ten as well, uh, what's the difference? I mean, why is he so much better with the Badgers than he was with the Buckeyes? So that's a, a great question because I, I, when he said he was transferring to Wisconsin, I felt the same way you did. I was like, oh, that's a guy who started a couple games at Ohio State and seems like a useful player. But I, I didn't think he was going to be some sort of a season-altering player like, like he kind of was last year. I mean, he, he made almost 50% of his threes uh, when he start, as, when he, after he started playing last season, which is crazy for a, a six foot 10 guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if the difference was he was able to, you know, work out with the team, get used to the offense and all that stuff while he wasn't playing. And then as he got more and more into game shape, he got more comfortable. Uh, it may have been because we just needed somebody to shoot and score at certain points. And he seems like a guy who does not shy away from that. He is uh, extremely confident in his ability. And so maybe for guys like that, once you make one, then you make 10. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what specifically on the coaching side may have changed for him, but it may have been a, a confidence thing that, that helped him out last year. Yeah, and I mean, playing within Wisconsin system, it's generally going to favor you as a big man, especially if you've got that diverse skill set. You know, uh, the big men initiate so much uh, offensively as compared to a lot of other teams in today's college basketball. But, yeah, I mean, it it's wild. He looks so much better than he did. And, you know, credit to him, credit to Wisconsin's coaches. He clearly worked really hard on his game, um, ended up leading the conference in defensive rebounding rate during conference play last year he was top 10 in offensive rebounding rate and as you noted i mean 46.9 percent from three-point range during big 10 play that's insane crazy yeah i mean that that that, that's like you know elite three-point shooter percentage there not something you see out of a big man a guy who's 610 um and he had about 50 attempts so it's not like he wasn't 
taking shots. So wild. Um, I would anticipate that three point percentage is going to come down a little because if it isn't, he's probably going to go in the top five of the draft or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I I don't see coming. Um, maybe some Badger fans out there uh, think it will happen, but I'm not I'm not going to call that today. But yeah, wild thing there. Um, as far as where I'm sitting, you know, for optimism and concern, I think optimistically, this team was successful. They got a lot of proven pieces. They're really experienced. And frankly, I think you can argue they have more talent and depth this year than they did last year. So it's it's hard to see this team struggling when they were so successful last year with basically the same pieces. Um, it, it, it's kind of like pizza. I mean, pizza's generally going to be good. <laughs> it's hard to screw it up. They Greg Gard has a lot to work with here. So I, I think – optimistically you got to be excited about that you got to be excited about having um potter the whole season you know again i don't totally buy into the theory that he was the reason wisconsin took off as the season continued but he certainly was a factor there you you know we just touched on some of his ridiculous stats that obviously helped wisconsin (laughs) during the season so that that's another thing to be excited about as far as concerns to me the the only big concern I would have here, and it's it's a really weird one, but you do see it once in a while with these types of teams where they bring everything back. There's just – they don't have that same energy sometimes. Um, it, it seems like sometimes there's too many mouths to feed. They compete a little bit for possessions. They don't play together as well as a team. But this this unit is a little bit different because I don't think they have – you know a lot of the teams where they bring everybody back after a successful run and – you know, I, I don't want to criticize them, but Illinois to me is a team like that where they're bringing just about everybody back from a pretty successful squad, but they have multiple guys who are competing for true NBA potential. They need possessions. They need shots. And I'm not going to say they're going to hinder the team to do it, but you do wonder sometimes if, if guys are going to do that. Wisconsin, you know, a lot of these guys are probably not big time NBA prospects. You know, I don't see Brad Davison as a first round pick. Um, I, I don't think I'm setting any land speed records with that one, but so I don't think that's going to be as big of a concern, but um, again, how much more can the team improve when you're, you're sort of making the same dish with, with the same ingredients or a different dish with the same ingredients you're hoping for here. So we'll see, but overall, I mean, it's, it's hard to be too critical when, when the roster was successful and you're bringing back, the vast majority of it. So I think you got to feel pretty good as a Badger fan. Um, on on that point, we talked a little bit about, you know, things to be excited about, things you might be a little bit concerned about. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the top player, I talk all the time on these podcasts. I really think a lot of success in college basketball relates to just who's your top guy? How good is he? Um, do you have a pick for who you think, Wisconsin's top guy is going to be this year, or do you think it's going to be more of a by committee approach? I I honestly think it'll be a, a by committee approach. Uh, yesterday, uh, assistant coach Alondo Tucker met with us via zoom and he was kind of talking, someone asked him a very similar question. And he said that there are five or six guys he thought on the team who could go off for 20 points on a given night. And so it doesn't always have to be, the same dude every night. And I, I think that's true. Like there've been games where 
Demetric Trice gets hot from three and he scores 25, but Reavers only has six points. But it's fine because Trice was shooting so well. Like Davison has done the same thing. Uh, Potter, Reavers, even Aleem Ford can get hot. And I think he'll actually have a, a pretty big year. And going back to what you might have thought spurred the the change in the Badgers when Kobe King left, that opened up a lot of uh, stuff for Aleem Ford. He kind of mm. slotted into that role and he became far yeah. more confident as the season went on. And so I think he picked up his play. And so I think he's going to carry that over for a uh, a pretty good senior year. Okay. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. Um, I think for me, you know, I might pick Potter just because he was so ridiculous from three and stuff last year as a top player. But, you know, there there are a number of, of choices you can make here. And I, I it's hard to argue, you know, Trice could be an easy pick. Potter could be a pick. Uh, Reavers, I mean, there's there's a handful here, and it's because it's so balanced, which, you know, obviously has made Wisconsin such a dangerous team. And on that front, this is normally where I talk about the schedule. Uh, obviously, we don't have a schedule yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, we know the season's going to start after November 25th at some point. We don't know how it's going to look. Have you heard anything about how Wisconsin's schedule might look at this point? Um, have any thoughts on it, comments, anything in that regard? Uh, the the only couple of things I have heard were right after uh, the Big Ten football season got canceled, like the first time, I think. It's so <laughs> hard to keep track of all of that. Uh, sure. W- Wisconsin and Tennessee spoke to each other because they were supposed to play this year, and they had mentioned that that game was still going to be on. But again, that that was months ago. And I haven't heard anything since. And then uh, earlier today, there was a report that uh, Wisconsin and Marquette were going to host a uh, one of those multi-team events in Wisconsin oh, okay. with uh, the the two other teams. I believe were Eastern Illinois and like Arkansas State or something. Two mm-hmm. two smaller smaller schools. But then uh, tonight, I actually saw maybe two hours ago, Marquette is actually shutting down all basketball operations due to uh, COVID for two weeks. So who knows how, uh, how that'll go for the, for that potential little tournament. Otherwise I haven't heard a whole lot about Wisconsin's schedule. Uh, They're pretty tight lipped about that. I'm sure, I'm sure they have games (laughs) picked out, but nobody knows about them yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there isn't, not much to comment on. I, I think the one thing that I've I've been talking about and various guests we've had on these season previews have been talking about is just it's going to be very odd to see no fans. How is that going to affect the home court advantage? And certainly I think that applies with Wisconsin, who has been known to have one of the best home court advantages, not only in the Big Ten, but all of college basketball. Um, they had those streaks where it seemed like they every year they're upsetting like a top five team or, or something for years. Um, and without the crowd, you wonder how it's going to be this year. I don't think anybody fully knows yet, but I, I think that will be something interesting to watch. And, you know, you mentioned the the series with Tennessee, and I think it's fascinating, not only in football, but in basketball too, where it's, um, and I know you're referring to Wisconsin-Tennessee basketball series, but like some of these big non-conference ones, I'm like, do you guys really want to host the game? this year when there are no fans like this seems so bizarre um 
to want to host one of these like big non-conference games. You know, Michigan, uh, they played Oregon at home last year, and I know they were supposed to travel to um, Eugene this year to face the Ducks. And I don't know if that's that's still on or it's off, but I, like if I'm Oregon, why would I want the return trip of the home and home to be when we have no fans? It, it's really bizarre, but I'm I'm sure there are there's a lot of negotiating behind the scenes going on with these schedules, and we'll we'll see how it looks here in a couple of weeks because if it is indeed starting November 25th, we're going to need to know uh, more than a day ahead of time. So uh, right. we should we should be getting them soon, but. Um, but with that, why don't, why don't we get into um, uh, a little bit back into the roster here, uh, starting lineup. Um, do you have a, a projection on the starting lineup? I know with Wisconsin, you know, it's probably pretty easy to pick out with how many guys are back. But uh, do you have a projection as of now? If so, what is it? I do. Uh, Trice and Davison will be starting in the backcourt. Uh, Aleem Ford be kind of the small forward wing guy. And then uh, Reavers and Potter will be the interchangeable power forward center situation. All five seniors and uh, for all of them except Potter, they've been pretty much playing together their entire career. So, Yeah, easy enough. <laughs> easy yeah. enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's probably the easiest team in the country to pick out their starting five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse with this, but um, I, I think that's the biggest thing with Wisconsin. There's just so much certainty. There's so much, so many proven pieces, and there aren't a lot of, of projections, I guess. So on that front, um, any wild card type of players that you're watching this year, anybody who you think might surprise fans um, and have a breakout campaign? I'm I'm hopeful that uh, sophomore wing Tyler Wall has a, a bit of a breakout campaign. He was the only freshman on the team last year, and uh, mm-hmm. with, with Potter not being able to play, uh, Wall was forced into some early minutes, and he was one of those kind of stereotypical freshmen who hustled, got rebounds, made good defensive plays, would score <laughs> a random like put-back layup here and there and probably really piss off the other team. But you could tell he like didn't a hundred percent know what he was supposed to be doing on the court at all times. But he was like trying his hardest, so that's why he kept getting thrown back out there because he would make plays. And mm-hmm. I think uh, now that he's had a, a full season under his belt, and now that they're practicing again, and he's got a bunch of veterans to lean on, I think he could uh, have a pretty nice season because after this year, he'll be kind of the, the elder statesman on yeah. the team. So he'll need to uh, step into a leadership role sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I know I know this is a podcast preview about this season, and so I don't want to go too far out on a limb uh, for the future. But is that something you are concerned about a little bit? You know, moving down the road into what would be twenty, you know, two thousand twenty-one to twenty-two season about the fact that this could be a very, very large graduating and departing class? Oh, for sure. Uh, my, my buddies and I, you know, talk about this stuff way too much. And it, <laughs> that, that this net, not, you know, this coming season, but the following season is going to be super weird. Uh, the Badgers probably won't have a senior on the roster. Uh, there's wow. talk that 
Trevor Anderson, who's the backup point guard, may get a sixth year of eligibility, but that's not confirmed yet. And so it would be Tyler Wall, who's would be a, a true junior. And then there's a, a seven foot uh, guy in his class, Joe Hedstrom, who has been been hurt a good amount and has barely played. And then this huge freshman class for this season. And then our 2021 recruiting class is also highly touted. Uh, they're still looking yeah. for maybe one more player to fill that out. And they, they haven't found one yet. So they might roll it over to 2022, which is a, a very good in-state class for Wisconsin, which doesn't always pan out for the Badgers. But uh, it might be some something that they might look into is rolling that scholarship over. But yeah, it'll be it'll be super weird to have a, a really young team. It'll honestly be kind of fun just because like, I feel like I've been talking about Demetric Trice and Brad Davison for my entire life. <laughs> like these, these guys seem like they've, and I feel like opposing fans think that too about Wisconsin players. They're like, Oh, Josh Gosser, he's been there for over a decade. And it's, you know, wait, he's not there anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, 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 I'm, I'm sure people still think he's playing, but it, it, it could be exciting to see uh, a Wisconsin team with a bunch of young dudes who don't really know what they're doing, just going out there and, trying their best. I mean, I'll, I'll probably hate it like three games into the season, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. I mean, from my perspective, starting lineup, I don't really have any disagreement. I mean, it's pretty hard to, when you have this many seniors, this many guys who are proven and top line quality conference players. So pretty, pretty easy to predict. But uh, with that, so we've talked about the roster we hit on, I, I guess the quote-unquote schedule uh, <laughs> hit on some of the departures and returners. Um, season predictions. I know we don't have a schedule. We don't quite know how things are going to look this year, but what are your predictions for the Badgers, assuming we have a postseason this time? Um, where do you think they finish there? Um, so I, I've been seeing a lot of previews that have slowly been coming out that have been the Badgers are anywhere from – fifth to 12th in the country, which, you know, probably seems about right. I don't know if they'll stay on the high end of that all season. I, uh, I can see them falling down to 15th spot or so, but I I think they'll probably end up with a, a three or a four seed in the tournament. And I can definitely see them making it to the elite eight, but probably not any further than that. And that's also only if everything goes right. I, I think it's a, a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. And my, my hope is the elite eight. Mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable. You know, I, I think Wisconsin is definitely going to be in the big 10 title picture. And of course it's always going to come down to two, three games that are going to decide it. And a lot of t- more often than not, it's some random game against like Northwestern or, you know, Illinois or, uh, I don't know. Even even sometimes it seems like Nebraska picks somebody off and screws them out of a Big Ten title or something. Um, so there's always some some random matchup. Uh, it's hard to predict this far out, especially when we don't have the conference schedule. But I think Wisconsin will definitely be in the picture, contending for a Big Ten title yet again. And I agree. I, I think they're a second weekend team. You know, they have the consistency, they have the depth, they have the experience. Beyond that, I'm I'm a little skeptical just because 
I think to really advance far into the tournament and what we're talking about is final four beyond that, you know, um, you, you need to be a diverse team. You need to be able to win in different ways because you're going to face uh, at least one or two really good odd matchups. It, it happens every time. I mean, Wisconsin fans are familiar with it from their recent trips with Kaminsky where they would advance, but you know, sometimes you got to just gut one out. Um, other times you're going to get into a shootout and you need to just find a way to outscore them. And Wisconsin um, last year's Wisconsin, you know, I don't know if they, they're going to improve this year, I think off of last year, but I don't know if they have enough of the gear changes to be able to advance to a final four compete for a national title. But I do think they have enough to make the tournament as I see win a few games there. And then who knows? I mean, we've seen teams that end up getting an extremely favorable path in, in advancing there. So maybe they'll get lucky and, and back into, a, you know, Michigan a couple of years ago where I don't even think they played a top four C team, uh, a top four seed until like the national championship game or something. So once in a while right. you get the per the perfect storm. You never know. But um, I think it should be an exciting t- season for Wisconsin in really good shape. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, Drew, before, before we let you go, if you want to just remind people where they can check out your stuff. And then secondly, if you got any final thoughts on Wisconsin, the big 10 and college basketball before we let you go. Of course. Yeah. You can find me and, uh, my idiot buddies, um, at Bucky's fifth quarter shouting about the Badgers and shouting about the big 10 in general. Uh, as far as thoughts about the Big Ten. I saw that uh, Pat Chambers resigned today under, uh, you know, allegations of abuse and he made some bad comments about nooses and stuff that it's not cool. Uh, yeah. My only interaction with him was at a uh, Big Ten media day when I actually went there for you at uh, for uh, BT Powerhouse. And I was wearing, because uh, it was in Chicago and it was kind of chilly. I was wearing wearing my Eagles hat and he like walked past me and like we started talking about the Eagles and he had like a really thick Philly accent and I was like man that reminds me of home that guy seems all right but uh apparently I was wrong about that <laughs> so my last my last thought is I guess I'm a terrible judge of character so uh <laughs> don't listen to don't listen to any of my thoughts on Wisconsin sports. <laughs> that story took so many twists and turns. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. I should note for our listeners, I'm not sure completely when this podcast will post, but this is the day we're recording it, the day when Pat Chambers resigned, quote-unquote, um, obviously based on the comments from the athletic department, he was pushed out based on an internal investigation into allegations that first surfaced from uh, a post from ESPN's the undefeated about some allegedly racially insensitive, insensitive remarks. Um, Really, really rough situation there. It's unfortunate. Um, Pat Chambers coached nearly a decade for Penn state. Wasn't the most successful on the court, but a lot of his players spoke very, very highly of him. Uh, a lot of the folks at the university seemed to like him. So um, unfortunate the, that he decided to do whatever he did. They haven't released the details. And um, hopefully Penn State finds a good replacement. And um, I, I guess 
I don't know if things will resolve, but things resolve as best they as best they can. It's an unfortunate situation for everybody involved. I I think um, sad to see, and certainly the Big Ten. We this conference has suffered from so many unfortunate scandals over the last 15, 20 years, and you hate to see another one. Um, too many, too many. But uh, but Drew, we appreciate you joining us. Um, uh, happy to relive some of the old BT powerhouse days back when. Uh, I guess uh, before the dark side of, of the Big Ten showed itself, but um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we appreciate you joining everybody. Check out Bucky's fifth quarter. If you are interested in any Wisconsin stuff, they do a lot of great, great things over there. Um, I believe do you guys have, I, I feel like you guys have some like beer review or like something about that in during football season that I usually look forward to. Um, I don't know if I'm just misremembering things, but. No, uh, you are not. We we do have a, an entire section on the website. It's called Bucky's Fifth Quarter Barrel, and uh, it's got all of our beer and food reviews. We we used to do it where we would take a beer from the team Wisconsin was playing and uh, talk about that. And uh, we, we didn't do it. I don't know if we're going to do it this season, but there is a, a pretty lengthy backlog of posts that you can take a look at. Okay. Okay. So I, I wasn't misremembering, but... Definitely check it out. Check them out. They do a lot of great work. Um, check out BT Powerhouse as well. We have a lot of season preview coverage coming up in the uh, upcoming weeks. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at tbendit. Um, thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. Wear your masks. Vote. And we'll see you all next